Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. It seems like God has allowed circumstances to come around several of our our lives that are applicable to this lesson that I've been working on for some time. Now, when I started working on it, I didn't have anybody that I could, could talk this to. But the more I studied, and then when I had the opportunity today to teach the class, it was like, wow, people are going to think that I pulled up this material because of what they're going through. But I didn't. So if you're listening <laughs> and you realize that, wow, is she talking to me? It would be the Holy Spirit, because for some reason, God pulled this whole thing together today so that we could understand and know what we're dealing with. Let me open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are a God of new beginnings, that you are a God who is intentionally running after us to run us down, to help us get rid of things in our lives that don't belong. Thank you, Father, for the lesson that you have brought to me. And Father, get me out of the way and let me only speak what's important for your people to hear. And all God's people said, amen. Well, If you've been to two services here at New Beginnings, you know that Pastor Larry always says that our words have power. And so a lot of us have kind of put a guard on our mouth, just like we've been taught to do. And we only say those things that agree with the word of God. Um, Our minds may wander and we may think things, but we've gotten a little bit better about our words. But it goes deeper than that. And because I came out of corporate America, and because I love seeing that God through science, is proving his word. Let me share some things with you. The smallest particle that we talk about is an atom. So things are made up of atoms. And then smaller than that is something called, and I think this is a funny name for it, quirks. Q-U-A-R-K-S. Quirks are smaller than electrons, protons, or neutrons. Now, I'm not a scientist, and I didn't get that good of grades in science, so I had to write all of these things down. I have one person in the audience who's nodding their head, so she understands science. But inside of that, when they went all the way in and dissected everything, was a sound wave. The smallest particle of all of the stuff that we hold as being solid, inside of it is a sound wave. Now keep that in the front of your head as I continue (laughs) this lesson. (laughs) In um, Zurich, Switzerland, there was a university that did a study. And they're the ones actually uh, about 1920 that that, uh, talked about sound waves and that sound waves could move things. They were using sound waves at that time in water. And so they could put the sound waves in water, and they could move fish, and they could move uh, uh, plants. And then they continued working, and when they discovered that a sound wave was inside of a molecule, then they thought, I wonder if we can move anything with sound in the atmosphere. So they worked for several years, and I recently came across a study that showed, in fact, they had learned how to move things with sound. 
Now stay with me here. We're going somewhere. (laughs) So if Pastor Larry teaches that our words have creative power, and if we know that God started creating the world when he spoke, then there's got to be another hidden secret in there for us believers today. There's got to be something in there where God is saying, wake up, pay attention to what I'm saying. Yes, it was in the Bible. And yes, some of you just did it because it was in the Bible. And some of you did half of it because it was in the Bible. And some of you thought, eh, not so much. But God is showing us through science that, yes, this is a true thing. So these scientists in Switzerland, and by the way, there was a university of, um, a Jewish university, and, and I did not write down the name, but they were also studying all this too. And it always makes me excited when I realize that something from Israel is in the process of um, advancing our scientific information and, and, uh, and, and our lives. <laughs> um, they did discover on the sound thing, I need to mention this because I took this notes down, that we hear, humans hear at about 20,000 hertz, H-E-R-T-Z. I have no idea what a hert is. I think hert is kind of a funny thing and along with a quirk. But um, anyway, that's what we hear. And uh, dog whistles are at about 24,000 hertz. But we can't hear that. So the sound waves that move physical objects are above 24,000. That means we don't hear them. That means that a lot of things are going on around us that we can't hear. And isn't that what the Bible tells us? Isn't that what Pastor Larry and Tiz teach us? There's more going on around here than what we just physically look at. We make decisions about physical things, and we have thoughts And we have uh, emotions. And yet, if we look at science, they're beginning to tell us, hey, wake up. Your emotions and your thoughts carry a lot more weight than what you think. Now, I have been studying Dr. Caroline Leaf's material for a number of years, and she was the neuroscientist uh, from South Africa who did a lot of research. And because technology kept getting um, more and more fine-tuned, she wanted to make sure that people understood in the brain she could transfer and and watch thoughts. Now, we think that when we think something is just kind of rattling around in that gray matter inside of our skull. But the truth is, when we think a thought, it either grows green, and she calls them trees, which bring us health because it's all chemical, or it grows black. Black as death. So if I'm thinking a thought about a person, about a situation, about a memory, about what I should have said, what I could have said, what I didn't said, that can either be doing green trees in my brain or black greens, which is death. Now you think, okay, well, it's just going to live in the gray matter. No, Dr. Caroline Leaf went a step further, and she processed and found out that if it is a green thought, The chemicals in my body produce peace and rest and wholeness. It brings me health. And if it's a black tree that's growing, death, it brings tension. It brings disease. We either have ease with green or dis-ease, which is a disease. So God is trying to show us through science that everything that he has talked about in his word is now being scientifically proven. So I go back to the sound stuff. 
you have to dig real deep in the studies. And I get bored pretty easy, I have to confess that. Um, at the present time, I'm working on that, Lord. And so I went through page after page after page of, you know, what they were doing and how they did it and the sound this and the sound that. And I finally got to the piece that made sense to me. If they're going to move something with a sound wave, now we'll pretend that Charles is one of the sound waves. And if this chair is what we're trying to move, then I'm on this side with my sound wave and Charles is on the other side with his sound wave and when our sound waves match and meet, it causes the object to move. Now you say, okay, I can get this thing about trees growing in my brain. That makes sense to me. But what the heck are you talking about with sound waves? Hang on. Stick with me. So if in the beginning God spoke and created the heavens and the earth, and if God spoke to Moses and gave him all of Torah then those sound waves are still in the universe. So if God's word is out here operating, then how do I match that to change a circumstance? It means that if Charles sends a sound wave that matches the word of God then it causes a circumstance to change. Amen? Amen. That puts a whole different weight to praying out loud. For years, I prayed in my mind. I would be in business meetings, and I would just, you know, think, and I would quote scripture, and I would pray. Um, and I thought, it, that, you know, that was a good thing, and I was doing okay until I understood about sound, that it was important, that God's word says that we speak and we hear, and then it goes into our spirit. I try to feed my spirit so that the spirit operates rather than my emotions. My emotions can get me into trouble. So let's take a look at this chair that we're trying to move. If Charles is believing for healing, then what is he going to say out loud? Healing scriptures. Hence the very first handout. And Charles, did you get one when you came in? Okay, it's the 100 Healing Declarations and Scriptures. Laura, will you want to bring one to Charles? Because I'll need this one myself. Uh, if you remember when uh, Pastor Tiz was diagnosed with uh, cancer, and by the way, I never say when Tiz had cancer. I say when Tiz was diagnosed with cancer, because I don't ignore the truth, but I also don't give it any more permission to operate in anybody's body. <laughs> Amen? So she was uh, sent... A list of scriptures and declarations from uh, Pastor Raphael Cruz. And so she was saying that. And when she spoke last, uh, two months ago, I think, at the ladies' night out, and she was talking about those scriptures, and people were saying, I want to see him, I want to see him, I want to see him. So I got a hold of Pastor Raphael Cruz, and uh, I said, Raphael, you sent Pastor Tiz some scriptures. And he said, oh, those aren't mine. I got those from another ministry. It's like, oh, boy, now how do I make copies of this? So uh, you'll see up in the... the Right-hand corner, it says uh, LP, Larry, well, LH, Larry Huck Ministries, which is a separate branch of the church. So they took the healing declarations and scriptures, made a few changes so that we weren't infringing on anybody's copyrights. And it is the word of God, after all, so we certainly ought to be able to, to do that. And they produced this document. So this week when I was finishing the final touches for uh, my talk this morning at Fit for Life, I asked them if they would produce those healing scriptures. You say, well, what difference does it make? Okay, let me explain. When I was diagnosed with cancer, 
almost 30 years ago. I was vice president and regional sales manager and had responsibility for marketing and sales for 90 branches in the state of Oregon. I had a lot of pressure on my job, and I was, I was good at it, not because I was that smart, but because I applied biblical principles to my job, and God blessed that. But when I was diagnosed and I was trying to figure out how to, how to do things, I had someone send me healing scriptures. Now, I'd memorized most of them, but suddenly my brain was foggy. And so sometimes we're in the middle of something, even though we have helped somebody else walk through it, our brains are foggy. So that's why it's important to have something that you can go back and grab. Yes, you can grab your Bible, and, and if you're better at it than I am, then you know exactly where all those healing scriptures are. But praise God, we've got ministry assistance here so that we can look at it and say, okay, I just need to say this out loud. And even when I was saying the scriptures out loud, sometimes the words didn't connect. But I knew if I just kept confessing, that eventually those words would take life and they would bring healing to me because on this side of my healing was God's word. And on the other side of my healing were my words going out loud and they were matching and they were moving circumstances. Now, God's not a God of, um, how should I say it? He's not Santa Claus. (laughs) It's not a sugar daddy. So it's not like God's word is over here, and all of a sudden Charles wants this chair to turn into a stake. And so he pulls out some scripture somewhere that talks about, uh, I can eat anything and it's sanctified. And so he believes in his mind that he can change that chair into a stake. And so he's over there day and night repeating all the things. He wants the chair to be a stake because emotionally and physically he's hungry. So he has a need. However, focusing on changing the chair into a stake is not going to work. (laughs) And you say, okay, now you just gave me the secret sauce for how to get things moved, and now you're telling me it doesn't always work. I'm telling you it only works when it lines up with God's purposes. You see, Charles could be saying, thank you, Heavenly Father, that you provide for me and my family. We never go hungry, Father, and from unusual places you bring us food that nourishes us. Those would be words coming out of Charles's mouth that would line up with the word of God, what's already promised. He would be thanking God. And we know that when we have an attitude of gratitude that God listens a little bit closer. He doesn't like whiners. Well, neither do I. <laughs> so we have to say, okay, how does, how does Charles decide whether or not this chair is going to be a stake or whether or not it's just going to move? When we read the word of God and we get it saturated into us, even the, the crazy stories in the Old Testament, sometimes I read those and think, oh my gosh. But anyway, um, when we line up with the word of God, then we have the ability, we have the structure, we have the fortitude, we have the oomph to do what the Bible tells us to do. And sometimes that means letting go of things. Sometimes, let's see, that's that portion. Let me see. Not to worry that I have seven pages of notes here. Don't worry about that. Uh, let's see. Okay, we've done that. We've done that. We've done that. Okay, that's good. All right, we'll move on to this one. Sometimes things don't happen because we have wounds inside of us, emotional wounds. We have confusion inside of us. Um, We don't feel double-minded, but we really are. 
We pray for something and then we back away from it and think about the reason why it won't or will happen. And then we pray for something and then we think about why it will or won't happen. And our emotions tend to take us back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And what we don't always realize is that sometimes God breaks people or situations away from us because they weren't God's plan for us. Now, we'll just assume that Charles has something that he's believing for, and he keeps speaking it and speaking it and speaking it and speaking it and believing that it's going to happen, and it doesn't happen because it's not going to turn into a stake. <laughs> it's a chair. <laughs> now, I told Charles not to worry that I wasn't preaching to him this morning, and I told my husband not to listen and think that I'm talking to him. I'm not preaching to him this morning. This is stuff I've been working on for a long time. But it spoke to me when I was reading it. It's like, Lord, okay, how do I discern this? How do I discern what is moving the chair, agreeing with you in prayer, and what I'm believing for a chair to turn into a stake? How do I discern that? And fortunately, God gave me a response that I'm going to share with you this morning. As human beings, we get attached to circumstances, places, jobs, people. I'll pretend that you're my attached circumstance, okay? So we are friends, and it works really, really well. And God blesses that friendship, male or female, whatever. And so we go along for a long time. And then suddenly, God has a different pathway for my friend, a different pathway for me. And so if we are listening to God, we just kind of separate ourselves a little bit, understanding, and we still stay friends. But if we're kind of (laughs) hard-headed, which is me, then we hang on to that friend. And when it seems like something is not working right, then it's our flesh that goes back and say, okay, I'm going to make this work. If there's been an injustice done, we say, okay, I forgive you, but we're getting back together. I believe that this friendship, it was good for us before. It's going to be good now. You say, okay, girlfriend, where, where, are you, where are you going with this? Do you remember in the New Testament where there were two godly men who had done ministry together? And God caused them to have a riff. And because there was a riff, both of them had huge ministries separately. Now, if they had really been paying attention, they might have gotten the message from God, I want you to bless your brother, and I want you to launch him and send him out. But they didn't, so God allowed a rift to separate the two of them. Now, we're Christians here. We know we can't hold a grudge. So, my sister and I, we've parted friendship. I forgive her, Lord. I forgive her. And then we go on. But there's a second part forgiveness that we need to talk about. When something disappears, when something is broken, when we lose a relationship, when we lose anything, there's a loss in our emotional basket that stays with us. I don't know how many of you have had the loss of uh, a relationship or somebody said something about you that was not correct or there was a separation, but you forgave the individual, but it just seems to keep coming back. It's like that rubber band that snaps back in and gets you just when you think you're okay. Just when you're getting up to pray in the morning, snap, there it comes back again. So there was a book I was recently reading that was talking about mourning the loss. Not mourning as in night and morning, but mourning, giving that loss, that pain to God. We can't control people. And if my flesh says, I'm going to make this friendship work, I'm out of line with God. 
if my flesh says, you really hurt me and I'm going to get even, I'm going to let you know how I feel. That's my flesh and that needs to be killed. If my flesh says, we're going to make this work, so stand up and let's work this out. That's my flesh wanting to renew what God is trying to do. And God is saying, oh, sweetheart, let it go. I've got something so much better for you. Now, let me give you a practical example of how this works. When Don and I were still in Portland and pastors Larry and Tiz had moved to Dallas, Texas, and I was still working for the church, and there were some things going on that in my spirit, it was like, oh, this hurts my feelings, but pastor told us, you know, stay here, pastor the business people, pastor the women, and make this pastor that I've left in charge successful. And so we, yes, sir, and we're going to do that. Even when it didn't look right. (laughs) Even when things were changing. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And so I... Let's see, how shall I say all this? We decided, with Don's health, that we would move from Oregon to live with our daughter. And that was my husband's health that was compromised at the time. And we needed... He needed more care than what we could provide. And as I'm leaving my home, and I'm leaving my friends, and I'm leaving the church, and moving to Virginia, I had to real quickly, in my mind, let go of things that I had dreamed of. Let go of ministry things that I had believed that I would be doing at that church in Portland. I had to let go of the people that I loved so dearly. In fact, the little business card that uh, I also gave everybody when they came in, that's called Leaders for Life, and that's a short conference call that I do every single Wednesday. And the people that I pastored in Portland, Oregon, they put that call together because they said, we miss you, we want you, we want you to teach us. And so for 12, 13 years now, I have been doing that Wednesday conference call so that people all around the United States can call in. So you can look at the numbers. The live number is on top. And then if you're not able to call in at Wednesday at 11 o'clock Texas time, then you can call the replay number. And we only keep one lesson at a time. And they're just between four and seven minutes long. So they put that together because they didn't want to let go of me. And I had to figure out a way to stay in touch with them. When we moved to Texas, it was a miracle in itself. But it happened because Pastor and Tiz kept saying, we want you to come here. We want you to come to Texas. We want you to come to Texas. And um, my husband, Don, we were in Virginia. And uh, Tiz one night had said, uh, I want you, I, what's, what's it going to take? What's the salary range? And so I went to my husband because I'm a strong woman. And I know that God has my husband as head of house. And I know that I could manipulate anything that I want. And manipulation is witchcraft. So that scares me. So I stay far away from manipulation. I may have a few black branches growing in my brain that I have to put more Holy Spirit turpentine on. But nonetheless, I always go according to what he says. So I went to Don, and he gave me a number, and I thought, okay. And uh, I'm looking at the number, and it's like, there's no way. I mean, they were coming, you know, asking me to come here at a fairly low level, and it's like, they're not going to do that. So I put my phone down and went to bed. And I heard my phone ding, and it's like, I'm not going to look at it. I want to get a good night's sleep. So in the morning, I know great woman of faith I am, right? So in the morning, I get up. Yeah, it was texting. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay. I texted her. She texted me back the number. If you know Pastor Tiz, you know she texts. She doesn't call. <laughs> so she texted me back the number. So I put the phone down. <clears throat> and then in the morning, I got up. And she said, that's exactly the number Larry and I were thinking about. I didn't say a word. I got up and I went upstairs and I just showed Don the phone. And Don nodded his head and he picked up the phone and ordered a moving van. Now, for those of you that have been around the church for a long time, Jerry Grebe is a name that, and a woman who worked here who was from Portland that we knew. And so Jerry helped us find an apartment, which was just right around the corner from where she lived. And all of a sudden, here we were, and we were moved within a week and a half. Bam. I don't know if you understand what I do here at the church, but it's a lot sweeter and a lot more impactful than what I was doing in Portland, Oregon. And I have to believe if I had let negative words come out of my mouth, that ministry opportunity, this chair, my words would have never lined up and I wouldn't be where I am today. I don't know what God has in mind for you. I was not a young thing when we came to Texas. So no matter what your age, yeah, she laughs out loud. <laughs> no matter what your age is, no matter what's going on, God has another purpose for you. If you're breathing, he's got a purpose for you. So you say, okay, how do I let go? How do I say, okay, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. But I'm still dragging around this thing. It's supposed to be dead because you say that I was crucified with you. So I don't know what it is that you're dragging around, but that thing is going to keep you from going into the calling that God has on your life. And part of those things are emotions, hurts, anger, control, losses that you've experienced that you're still dragging behind you. And those are the things that we need to let go of. Those are the things that God is saying, sweetheart, if you put that aside, if you let that relationship die, if you let that job die, if you let that future that you were hanging on to die, if you let go of all that, then I can fill you up. Now, I've got some good news for you. He doesn't show us everything all at once that we need to let go of. I think I'd just fall down dead if he did. But one piece at a time. And one of the books that I was reading, it says, God drops breadcrumbs. And I'm thinking, where is this going? She said, you know how when you're getting ready to go somewhere and there's breadcrumbs that you follow? It's like God will say, are you still interested? Do you still want to know? You still want to see what you need to let go of? Keep coming, child. Keep coming. And the beauty of our Heavenly Father is that he doesn't get mad if we stop at the third crumb. He still keeps the other crumbs there waiting for us to wake up. That's why I love the teaching that Pastor Larry did when he talked about Moses stopped to look at the burning bush. But then the second time it says God was in that bush and he's like, what's God doing? I don't know how long that bush had been burning. Think about that. Moses had been out there a long, long time. That bush could have been burning for years because the bush wasn't consumed. So Moses, one day, had enough breadcrumbs that he turned to see what God was doing. And again, praise God that he doesn't just hit us with lightning when we don't get it. He wants us to go one step at a time. He doesn't want us to, to be afraid. He doesn't want us to be 
repentful and just, I'm a, I'm a worm. <laughs> he wants us to know that he's forgiven us and he's empowered us to step into the calling that he has in our life. So as you look at sound waves, the ruler that you're going to put over it, not the ruler is a king, but the ruler is in a measurement, is, am I supposed to be in this job? Am I supposed to be in this relationship? Am I supposed to be in this friendship? And after you pray and ask God about that, then instead of praying that the chair is going to turn into a steak, you start thanking God for the fact that he's providing you food. Now, for those of you that came in just a little bit late, but before we, we adjourn here, um, God spoke and created the world. So there are sound waves. Science has now proven that the tiniest thing inside of a molecule, and there are three of them, but I don't have memorized. I don't have my notes in front of me, so you'll have to go back to the beginning of this tape to hear them. But inside of all those is a sound wave. So that means God spoke, and there are sounds out there that are still in the universe. And the science proved that if a 24 megahertz, is that it hertz, it was a hertz, I have to go back to my notes because I don't want to get this wrong. Um, yeah, it's Hertz. Yep, H-E-R-T-Z. Okay, we here at 20,000 Hertz level, and the scientists were looking at 24,000 and above level, and we can't hear that. It doesn't hurt us. But if, if an object is between me speaking or that sound wave and a person on the other side or an object on the other side doing the same sound wave, then we can levitate the chair. By the way, it started with water, and then they decided they could do it in, in the air, and they are. I mean, that's kind of fun for me. But they have to match. Uh, if Charles on one side is at 50 hertz, but it doesn't match what's over here, nothing happens. So the spiritual application of that is the word of God spoken by the man or woman of God causes things to change. However, God isn't Santa Claus. <laughs> so what we have to do first is look and say, is this really what God has for me? Is this really what he wants me to do? And sometimes we have to not only forgive somebody, but mourn and give to God our emotional hurt for the loss. When I counsel people, sometimes women are talking about their husband and I'm listening and I'm praying and it's like, Lord, that guy never was that man that she's describing. But it was the man in her emotions that she wanted him to be. He was a bum when she married him, but she saw a prince. And when the bum left her life, she mourned the prince. And forgiving the bum didn't bring her healing. She had to go back and mourn the loss of the prince. The daughter that turned out different than what you had expected. You have to give that loss to God. He's the only one that can fill you back up and make you whole again. The husband that left, the wife that left. You have to give that to God. Not just forgiving them, but the hurt. That's not something you do in a Sunday service. That's something that you do in the privacy of your home or when we have one of our freedom weekends where you have permission and you have godly people around you to help pray you through those losses. It might be the loss of finances. Somebody may have really cheated you. And you may be camping on that, okay, Satan has to pay it back seven times. But he can't do that until that pain is healed. 
So sound waves cause things to move. Matching with the word of God causes situations to change. I was healed because God had healing scriptures and I repeated the healing scriptures and my body lined up with the word of God. One more piece because we've got time. Um, When I started praying for my healing and believing for my healing, my tests kept coming back more negative and more negative and more negative. And Pastor Tiz, when I came to New Beginnings in Portland and she said, how did you do that? I was like, okay, that wasn't me. God saw this season in my life. And it's like, okay, we got to give this girl an extra measure of wisdom because, man, she's going to mess this one up. And so I started living as if I were healed. I was taking the the pills. I was changing the diet. I mean, everything that I knew to do in the natural, waiting for the test results to line up with the word of God. I went to lunch with my girlfriend, Laura. Laura's not a believer, but she's very spiritual, which means she's open to spiritual things. She gets both the good and the bad. <laughs> Bless her heart. So I'm having lunch with Laura, and I'll pretend that, that you're Laura. And all of a sudden, she starts crying, and it's like, Laura, what is it? Because this was in the middle of the battle. And she said, I see death all around you. And immediately out of my mouth, and please don't hold this as me being something, it was the wisdom of God because he knew he had to get me here. And I said, yeah, but it can't touch me. And even as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, where the heck did that come from? The emotional Nancy, the natural Nancy, would have gone, and would have gone back into panic. But God had supernaturally infused me with wisdom so that I could speak out. It can't touch me. Every one of you have that power. Ask for the wisdom of God. Ask him to direct you and show you what to do, how to respond. As soon as you start getting that inside of you, immediately give that to God. Say, Father, heal me. I want to get rid of this because I need you to fill me with what you want. Now, sometimes we're married to those people and they show up every single morning. And then every single morning, you get the wonderful opportunity to say, Father, you take this. You deal with this. I'm putting Holy Spirit around me. It's not going to steal my joy. And you continue walking the path that God has for you. Well, I thought this was pretty exciting stuff. I, I Like I said, I came out of corporate. And um, so I always like it when science and business match up with the Word of God. So the last thing I'm going to share with you before we leave and all of you that are wonderful volunteers go to your assignments. Uh, This is a business book called The Slight Edge. And um, what I loved about this book is that the whole thing is about success doesn't happen overnight. Um, Miracles don't happen overnight. Even when they look like they're overnight miracles, they really don't happen overnight. And his whole business principle is that you must do the things on a daily basis that are going to take you to the place that you want to be. It's a simple step, one step at a time. And I thought, Lord, that's just like breadcrumbs. I'm doing this today. It's a little bread crumb, and I'm doing this tomorrow, and I'll do this the next week. And those breadcrumbs that God leaves to lead me where he wants me, it's the same in business. God is showing me. It's a principle, Nancy, just like gravity. If you do the little things that you know you're supposed to do, you'll end up with a prize. If you pray daily and get rid of hurt, get rid of anger, get rid of control issues, get rid of all that stuff, you'll end up where I want you. 
And even though sometimes the road is scary and it looks like it's going to be awful, I wouldn't change one thing that I have been through if it would have caused me to miss where I am now. This is the sweetest season of my life. And Don and I often say, from the beginning of college all the way through to we landed in Texas, every assignment, every hurt, every win, all along the way prepared me for where I am today. So I don't know where you are on your pathway. But come on, girl. Come on, mister. Let's keep going and get to that spot. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so, so much that not just biblically, and we should be, we should, you know, accept the Bible and understand it. But Lord, you give us business principles and you give us scientific pieces that absolutely show that you have a pathway for us to be well. You have a pathway for us to be happy. You have a pathway for us to have success. Father, let today's words be applicable to the people who need to hear them. And thank you, Father, for showing the material to me first so that I could let go of some of the hurts and losses in my life. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Bless you. See you next Sunday.